This is Travel Sleep Repeat. A travel podcast that shares experiences. We'll hear from people all over the world that share the same passion for travel while providing insight, trading stories, and knowledge on different places we've been and all things that we've seen. Recorded in the UK and Canada with a new episode every Monday. This is season one, episode 11, where your hosts, Ant Divine and Courtney Listage. Good afternoon, Courtney. Good morning, Ant. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm busy, which is good. Good week so far? Yeah, spring has sprung. Work is crazy. Oh, I've Everything been looking is. at, I've been looking at the um, Calgary pictures on Instagram that I follow and it's looking beautiful. It really is looking so nice. Yeah, it's just, everything is just so different here when the weather gets better. Everybody just gets so alive. Yeah, and there's just so much so color. Yeah, yeah, so much color. We can go outside. It's so beautiful. It's just like, it's like overnight. It just changes and everybody's just instantly happier. So, um I'm looking forward to, oh my gosh, better weather. Got out to the mountains on the weekend. Work's been busy. Yeah. Um, what's been going on with you? Um, so, not much really. So, we've um, been doing a lot of wedding planning, as you would expect. Um, it's only a month. A month today, we will be in Sidges. Um, Do you know what's crazy? Last night, wait. I was like, I, I looked at your villa that we're staying at, and I actually yeah. am going to admit I haven't looked at it before because I've been. <laughs> I just, I just have been so like, like you know. And then yeah. I was like, oh, it's immense, <laughs> like <Yeah>. amazing. <laughs> I sent well, the link to like ten people, and I was like, this is crazy. Like it looks, I can't even believe it. It looks amazing. Yeah, it sleeps. Um, it sleeps sixty. Yeah, it says there's like 20, <laughs> yeah. 20 some bedrooms. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's incredible. Yeah, it's wow. Huge, yeah. So. We, we, um, we had the tailor come around on Monday to measure us for our suits. Um, people just would not expect that <laughs> a month or five weeks before the wedding and we still don't have our suits. Um, oh my gosh, wow. Yeah, but they assure us they will be ready in time. Um, so, so yeah, so that's about it really for me. Where did you go out walking? Walking? Do you mean hiking? Hiking, sorry, yes. Walking. <laughs> Damn. Hiking. <laughs> yeah. Uh, was it good? <laughs> yeah, it was good. I, you probably saw my Insta stories. It was a I good did. day. I brought. Yeah. We had this, yeah. the dogs with us, and Layla. She's not much of a mountain dog, but she did good. So we did a kind of easy one. Um, actually, our guest today, Katrina, she went and copied what I did on the weekend and did that hike yesterday uh, mm. solo just to get out and get some mountain air and, and recharge. And hi, Katrina. Welcome. Hi. Hi. So, um, yeah, we were just talking before we uh, before we hit record on her hike and what she did. And Katrina Antoy says it's walking, but it's not walking, is it? <laughs> no, it's more of a hike. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you live in England, or when you live in England, and there aren't that many kind of mountains to go up, it is just a walk, really, with hills. <laughs> I was thinking my cousin's friend is from New Zealand. She calls it tramping. So yesterday I was tramping up this mountain, and I felt like it kept on making me laugh. 
tramping. Tramping? Oh my tramping. goodness, I've never heard that. <laughs> Isn't that so fun? It cracks me up. Yeah. I think tramping. yomping is like a military term. Um, if you would go out on a yomp. 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 What do you call it? Um, yomp. No, yomp. Yomp. Okay, well, this is all relatable because today we're talking about Machu Picchu, the Inca Trail, the Lair's Trek. It's all revolving mm. around our hikes in Peru. So not, not that we're being off topic on it though, but Katrina and I are very lucky because we have the advantage of having the mountains right there. Um, and so I'm really excited to talk about that. So today we have Katrina Vandevantian, my good friend. Hi, Katrina. Hey. <laughs> she, she has been listening to all our episodes and I would say that she's definitely one of our biggest supporters. And so <laughs> Number one fan. I, I, am, <laughs> yeah. I really appreciate that, Katrina. Thank you. Because I think, you know, we're, we're doing this and me and Anthony are doing it mostly just for fun and it's a growing experience, but it's nice that when we have our friends listening and saying that they, they're enjoying yes. what we were putting out yes, there. So Thank you. Yeah, so it's good. So Katrina, do you want to do a little intro on yourself and tell our listeners about your travel bio? Okay, sure. Hi, I'm Katrina. I like to travel. I was actually a travel agent before I became a nurse. So I got the bug like early in life. When I was 18, I moved to Mexico for like six months and that was pretty cool. And then I lived in Australia when I was 20. And then I don't know how old that after that, I just did things. I don't know how old I was, yeah. but I traveled to Central America and lived in Guatemala for a month, learning Spanish and then traveled to Central America. And I don't know, did some other like little, like all inclusive kind of stuff. My husband and I, and my grandma, who was 92 at the time, went and traveled to Sweden together. And then we left her there and we did Holland for another couple of weeks after that. And then, yeah. Oh, and I went to Africa, right. I went to Africa for three months as a nurse. I volunteered for a month in Cape Town or in the flats, was that outside of Cape Town. And then I traveled wow. through, yeah. Then I traveled through like what, Kenya, Tanzania, Botswana, Zambia, South Africa. Yeah, that was amazing. Yeah, I can't believe I forgot that. Yeah. I can't believe you forgot that. I can't believe I, did I know that? That's impressive. Yeah, yeah. That was in 2010. Oh, okay. So yeah, I, oh, yeah, I knew you then for sure. Yeah, for sure. And then I went to Malta that year too. My mom and I went to Malta for a nursing conference and that was cool. Malta was weird. Cool. Small. Yeah. So you now having two young children, uh, <laughs> you guys more so do um, all inclusive, like all inclusive. But, oh my God, I uh, hate cleaning. So I have to go somewhere. <laughs> someone's going to take care of me. Yeah, you need to clean, not have to clean and cook, which is the beauty yeah. of all-inclusives for, for children. But you did um, Peru, was it now? Yeah. Um, a few years ago, which yeah. um, I remember we were having this discussion. I think we were at the gym and mm -hmm. you really wanted to go. And it was more, I'll let you tell it, obviously, but it was more of a last minute thing, wasn't it? Yeah, kind of. I had always planned to go for my 40th birthday and like go see Machu Picchu, do the Inca Trail, do ayahuasca, like the whole shebang for mm -hmm. turning 40. But then my girlfriend and her boyfriend had booked Machu, had booked Peru, like a 12 day trip. And then she wanted to break up with him, but didn't want to lose the deposit. 
And so I was like, well, why don't you just change all the names to mine and I'll go with you. And she did. <laughs> and then she broke up with him. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully he's not Which listening. Is that is, yeah. <laughs> Traumatic for him. Oh, <laughs> Amazing for me. Yeah, totally. Totally. And when was that? When did you go? Because it seems um, like it wasn't that long ago, but I think it was. Yeah. It was the fall of 2017. So not long ago, like a year okay. and a half ago. A year and a half ago. And at, when did you go? Uh, we went in 2017. Like the spring of 2017. Okay. And I went in the fall of 2015. So my goodness, I went four and a half years ago. I don't know where time's going. Flying. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. So you booked with your girlfriend and Mm -hmm. you did a group travel as well? Yeah, we did with a company called Wakey Trek. And it's like owned by um, Peruvians, that company. yeah. Yeah. And it was awesome. Do a, Sorry. So do you want to, do you want to explain a little bit about your experience and how long you were there for? Sure. And because you didn't do, so for our listeners, when you go to Peru, obviously you have to book your hikes through a travel company and you have to always book ahead of time. The Inca trail and the Lares Trek are the two main hikes that you do when you get there. And you have to book these ahead of time because they only allow a certain amount of visitors on the mountain a day. I believe the Inca Trail only allows 180. Uh, They only issue 180 passes a day. So the Inca Trail usually sells out first because that Mm -hmm. is the only trail that you can take that directly leads you to Machu Picchu. Whereas to walk in, yeah, yeah, to walk in to actual Machu Picchu where the Lares Trek, um, I believe it is three days, two nights, but it's steeper. Mm-hmm. So you're quicker up and quicker down, whereas the Inca Trail is four days, three nights, but then you get to go into um, the the actual sun gate, which leads you into Machu Picchu. So the Inca Trail, when people talk about the Inca Trail, there actually is hundreds, maybe thousands of Inca Trails throughout the whole Andes. How do you say Andes or Andes? I say Andes. I call it the Andes. Yeah, Andes. Okay, I'll say Andes. So there's hundreds, thousands of of Inca trails, but when we're the one we're talking about today is the Inca Trail, which is the main one, which is the direct route that the that they took to get to Machu Picchu. So Katrina, your experience was going to be a little bit different than me and Ant's because me and Ant did the same, not together, but the same trek with again G Adventures. This isn't a G Adventures podcast, just it could be. (laughs) It's so good. (laughs) It definitely could be. So like let's talk about your adventure, how you started, what you did, your itinerary, um how it was with your friends and yeah, let's go from there. Yeah, cool. I went to Peru for 12 days or 13, something like that. And we like hit all the hot spots because I kind of like to make a list, like a bucket list and like do it all because I don't know how long it'll be until my kids are 18. <laughs> Just like 16 <laughs> more years until I can go and do something again. So we <laughs> flew into Lima and we met there. She came a day after me, I think, because just she was coming from Vancouver and I was coming from Calgary. And so we stayed in Lima, which I really liked. I think you said was kind of dirty and gross, but I liked it. I stayed, I don't know what area of town, but it was cool. Okay, and so why like did you like Lima? And, 
Um, I liked that you could surf there. The food was really good. And we stayed in this area of town, which I wish I would have like looked it up because now I can't remember, but it was like an art borough maybe. And so it had like all these like sparkly lights at night and you could walk or like grab a bike and tour around lots of pubs and cool stuff. So when you flew into Lima, how did you, did you just take a taxi yeah. to your hotel? And did you just wait? Uh, time yeah. did you arrive? Yeah. Uh, can't remember. Don't remember. Sorry. Uh, okay. I don't remember. I did just take a taxi and I had a hotel booked, like a bed and breakfast, which was so nice. We called like three B's, Barrancas. Oh, maybe I stayed in this area called Barrancas. Barracas. Anyways, doesn't really matter, but I can look it up. Want? And you um, booked through Airbnb, you say? I actually booked everything through Wakey Trek because they were so amazing. I just sent them like, Hey, these are the like five things I want to do in Peru. And they were like, this is how you're going to do it. This is everything. And they like helped me put the whole thing together, like day by day itinerary. So I stayed in Lima for two days, I think. And then we went to this Balestas Island, which is this crazy bird sanctuary, which was like stinky, but amazing. Cause so many birds there. Then we did, um, Huacachina. Have you heard of this place? It's like sand dunes. Oh, and you go I sandboarding. I, I know what you're talking about. Yes, but I yeah, to- sandboarding yeah. and dune buggying. I thought I was gonna die like a thousand times. Like I took a video, <laughs> which is ridiculous. I was just screaming, like, "Oh my god! I hope my will's up to date." <laughs> my kids, like I'm so scared, but it was amazing. And then we went to the Nazca lines. Yeah, those freaky like alien maybe Inca formations. Do you know that? Yeah. Did you go in a little, a little um, Cessna or a little yeah. craft? What did you think yeah. of them? I liked it. I liked it a lot. I, th- I actually thought they were a little bit underwhelming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> underwhelming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because all the pictures that you see, if you were to literally Google Nazca Lines, you see these huge kind of drawings in the ground. Um, yeah. And they look huge. Well, they're actually... When you're up there in the plane, they're actually not that big. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just remember them being really small going, where are they? <laughs> yeah, and they're kind of weird. I think they blow over sometimes because I think they're ah. trenches dug out. Right. Hmm. So then it's in a sand e area, so they kind of blow over. But I think it's weird. Like, how did they even do that? If that was humans that did it, yeah. imagine, like, thinking ahead of how you're going to draw out this massive crane or swirl or that alien one i think i don't know if that's there's a lot of weird mysterious stuff going on in yeah i guess what i would just point out to people is you know because i guess if people are going to peru and they may Mm -hmm. think oh you know it'd be great to see the nazca lines however you know do i really trust to get in a plane with you know in a really small (laughs) rickety plane um with somebody you know with you know, you're not flying with an airline, are you? You're just literally rocking up to the air, an airfield. And the mind, it's like hiring a car. At, these are the, is the experience that I had. You know, there were loads totally. of like um, counters at the airport where all different airline, pro- well, providers, service providers, and you rock up and then they'll literally walk you out to the plane on the runway, on the taxiway. And then you get in the plane and then they kind of taxi off and take you in the, in the sky. But for the whole journey, for the whole time that we were there um, doing the Nazca lines in the, uh, in the aircraft, I felt totally safe. I don't know how you felt, Katrina. It was totally. I felt, yeah. I felt yeah. safe too. Yeah, mm-hmm. I did. Mm-hmm. I missed out on that. Well, 
I mean, you can actually. Back. Oh yeah. yeah, I was gonna say you can just Google Earth it. It's kind of a experience, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I think that next time I go, I do the jungle, not the Nazca lines for mm. sure. Yeah, but yeah. Okay, I think so kind how of... close is this to the Rainbow? I didn't do this either. The Rainbow Mountains mm -hmm. there is this all kind of similar area? No, the the Rainbow uh, one you get from Cusco as well. Like okay. that's your hub for all the all the uh, mountains sorry yeah so yeah. you so the hub for this the, the lines here was from lima yeah we drove from lima down it was like lots of hours i don't know five six hours okay and driving. that was and anthony when you did this was this part of your itinerary on your trip or was it this was, separate from no it was on one of the it was one of the activities that you could do on the geoadventures um an option it was an yeah. option yeah. okay yeah. okay interesting i missed out on that i touching back to lima i i shouldn't give it such a hard time it just wasn't a city that i really connected with so mm. when i give people advice to go there i say just get in and get out because there's so much uh, i totally i totally agree courtney we got um yeah we we got um we got an airbnb there and and to be fair it was a bit of a nightmare actually that it was really oh. hot, really humid. The Airbnb didn't have AC. Um, we probably had some of the worst night's sleep we've ever had, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, on the, on the entire trip. And I know it's it funny how something like AC can make you hate a city. Yeah. But <laughs> it, it just it, it wasn't a good start, you know. When we thought, yeah. right, we're going to go from Lima to to Cusco, you know, we're going to do the Inca Trail and get to Machu Picchu, and it was it wasn't a good place to start in terms of getting yourself into that mindset of, right, I'm going to be on this trek for four days. You know, I'm going to be in a tent. I'm going to be pooing in home, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. you, you really, I just felt like it was the last bit of kind of civilization that I needed to be in a hotel really for the first few days before getting out into kind of Cusco. Um, yeah, I think that's fair. <laughs> your yeah. comforts and, and the reason why i'm asking you these kind of questions about how did you get how did you get to your airbnb and stuff is because my cousin jamie who katrina you know she's actually going yeah. to peru in two weeks and this is her first solo trip alone and she is a nervous nelly to the max and she often asks me questions and we, you guys know how I am. Oh, it's fine. Just take a cab. And she's like, <laughs> I'm forgetting that me and her are dynamically different and that she, she's worrisome. Right. So mm -hmm. I said, I took a cab to the hotel from Lima and I, I don't know if it was that safe, but to me, that's just what you do. So In I'm fact, trying, I'm, this episode's really good for her because she's going to yeah. listen to it right before she goes. So I want to make sure that I'm reiterating that Peru is yeah. travel friendly, very easy. You feel safe. Oh, is that well, Guy, your dog? Yeah. <laughs> guy wanted to make an appearance. Uh, he likes well, Peru too. Uh, well, speaking about taxes, Courtney, um, <coughs> I, it actually just reminded me, we got an Uber, so you can get Ubers in in Lima. But Oh, that's a good idea for her, because then she can well, share her Uber well, app with anybody. Well. Oh. <laughs> Never um, <laughs> Yeah. Actually... Um, I don't actually think they're licensed or either either that <laughs> or, or the main kind of taxi drivers, cab drivers don't like them because what they were asking us when we got an Uber was to sit in the front seat. I don't know if you've ever had that before. 
Um, no. But like when I get in, when I order a taxi, I like to sit in the back. I don't like to sit in the passenger seat. Um, yeah. But um, they purposely ask asked one of us to sit in the in sit in the passenger seat up front, um, and that was a little bit strange. And when we kind of looked into it and read into it, it was because if they got pulled over um, or if some another taxi driver was passing, they they wouldn't see it as a, they wouldn't think it was an Uber if somebody was sat in the front. Um, oh, okay. Well, that goes for maybe more countries than just Peru. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think so. You yeah. might have your, a red flag there that maybe this isn't mm. supposed to be. Because yeah. um, yeah. you know, I, yeah. to, to, I guess to other people, you know, that are looking out for, for Uber drivers in these countries and in these cities, if, if there are passengers that are sat in the back and not sat in the front, then maybe it is a trigger to them and a red flag that says that that is a taxi. Because it'd be strange, wouldn't it? If you, if you were out with a friend and you were sat in the back and the passenger seat was empty, um, yeah. that, would look, that would look weird, wouldn't it? Um, yeah, definitely. I think that that's a, actually, that's really good insight. And I just want, mm. I want our podcast to be, to help people that haven't traveled a lot know it is yeah. it's not hard it's easy and i think it's that that first step was when you leave the airport and then you get into the mode of transportation you're taking it can be very nerve-wracking but i think you guys know i know it's not is it? it's really easy yeah. just yeah just well go. especially just... in peru i felt the safest in peru that i felt in most countries like way safer than africa way safer than central america way safer than yeah. mexico like i mm. felt so everyone is so yeah, friendly so, and everyone's yeah, so excited to see yeah. you and yeah. all their money comes from tourism like and yeah. potatoes and corn and asparagus yeah. they're <laughs> true they like, are very friendly absolutely so like, amazing yeah. Smiley. Yeah. yeah there was and a little coffee like, shop opposite our airbnb and we went there every day just because of how friendly the staff were there mm. yeah they are incredible people and just a side note i was listening to the radio the other day and and there was a travel warning for traveling to the UK. <laughs> that was the, why? And I what? was laughing. I, I wish I could have rewinded it and recorded it for you because of, I don't know, riots and whatever because of Brexit. So just a side note, I had to throw that in there. So riots. So it was safer than the UK. In the UK, apparently yeah. Right now, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so moving forward, you guys both did... Um, that and then where did you go after you went to Cusco then I'm assuming right yeah I did you too and yes yes that's yeah right. yeah Cusco is amazing by the way yes. it's like the oldest yes. architecture oh. in all of South America and then this like blend of colonial on top of their um Aztec ruins it's like am amazing mind and it's a perfect place for anyone that's adventurous there's mm -hmm. tons of activities and day trips that you can do from there uh, mm -hmm. and it's imperative that you do stay overnight in Cusco because you have to climatize right for the altitude so yeah. there's not a shortage of things to do in Cusco even just sitting in the town the city center and just watching yeah. people watching and oh just emerging yourself and it's amazing I agree yeah for sure mm -hmm. Did you guys get yeah. sick? Um, no. So big topic here. That's a big, big thing to discuss. What <laughs> did you both do and what did you experience with the altitude when you arrived in Cusco? Go on, Katrina. I'll let you go first. Okay. <laughs> <Everybody> <laughs> <knows>. <laughs> 
because everybody, everybody, everybody that goes is different. Everybody mm-hmm. has different symptoms. Every some people mm-hmm. have nothing. Most people have something, but everybody mm-hmm. has something. So Katrina, you or do you want to go last? <laughs> yeah, mine. I was sick, <laughs> so I had a cold before I went, and then I was mm. fine. But then when I got to Cusco, I felt like exhausted. I think that's normal that you feel tired when you get there because you there's less oxygen in your red blood cells because it's yeah. less available. So I was just exhausted. And then I, I drank lots of coca tea and I chewed the leaves and I started feeling like, like I couldn't get a full breath. That's kind of how I felt. Mm-hmm. Like I just wanted to lay around and not do anything, but there's no time for that. Cause I wanted to see the whole world. Did you have any stomach stuff? Uh, not right away. No, uh, about day two of my layers trek so day four of high altitude I got I got sick to my stomach and okay so you but in Cusco pretty much in the most beautiful ruins that you could ever want that's probably when I started pooping all over the mountain okay so you did you take any (laughs) altitude drugs yeah what did I have I can't remember what it's called do you know Diamox is that right Ooh, I think I took that too yeah I think so I think that in Canada yeah, I got it in Canada before I went because I think you told me about it. Yeah. And yeah. I'm a nurse, so I know, I'm sure I knew about this stuff before. <laughs> um, so did you just get, did you get sick in Cusco or, or on the Laris Trek? I got sick on the Laris Trek. Cusco, I just felt tired and like, yeah. like I couldn't get a full breath. Like doing one set of stairs was like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You guys? Yeah, I think it's um, important to note that, um, that that Cusco is at an elevation of about um, 3,400 meters. Do you work in feet or meters in Canada? Meters. Sure. Yeah. Meters. So yeah, so about 3,400 meters above sea level. So that is pretty high to what to what we're all used to. What what elevation is? Do you get up to in in Alberta? In I'm a, I actually don't know, but it's not. I'm going to Google it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so, and also important to know is that Cusco is higher than Machu Picchu itself. Hence, it why yeah. you have to go there to climatize or to whatever the whatever the word is. So, yeah. I did take altitude sickness uh, medication, which I believe I got in Canada. But if you show up there and you don't have any, that's fine because there's a pharmacy on every corner yeah. and they're safe. That's true. Um, mm-hmm. I also took. I think they were called like sriracha pills or some other type of I think it was more of a placebo thing but mm-hmm. I definitely did take the medication it doesn't always work but I think it helps and my um what I got everybody on my trip got something a little bit different mine was my eyes which was super mm-hmm. weird I couldn't focus them and I felt almost like when I arrived like I was having anxiety I don't know if anyone's yeah. ever had that feeling kind of of being yeah. panicky or having anxiety when you, breath yeah yeah like yeah. I was oh my gosh I'm having it am I having a panic attack but yeah. I wasn't it was just for some reason I'll, I'll never forget that it was my eyes I couldn't focus but that was it for me and then I was totally fine the whole time so I feel like I got lucky and what about you yeah so so I was fine actually. Um, I the only the only thing I had is so if if Cusco is at um, thirty four hundred meters, then then the the Inca Trail actually goes up to when you're hiking. I think it goes up to about thirty eight hundred, thirty nine hundred. It's forty two hundred on the Dead Woman's Pass. Is that where it goes up to forty two hundred? 
so on on that day, Deadwood moments passed when you get to the highest point. That's I just got a headache. That's you mm-hmm. know you do you take a few steps at a time and you have to have a bit of a rest and then you continue going. Um, I just got a headache. That was it. But you but the great thing about um, the G Adventure tour for me, I'm not sure if they did this with with your group, Courtney, is the before going to Machu Picchu. In fact, rewind a second. Did you do like a full like two weeks G Adventures, or did you just do the Inca Trail? I did two weeks in Peru G yeah. Adventures, and I was in the yeah. Amazon as well. Yeah. Right. So so on on the tour that we were on, um, they when they picked us up, they kind of took us up to a really high altitude, you know, in the van, in the minibus. Um, and they kind of prepped the, the first week or so was prepping us for this altitude um, sickness issue. And so they were taking us to little shops and we were buying um, coca leaves and um, teaching us how to chew them in the Saudi side of your mouth with this little kind of gray paste. Um, yeah. kind of makes kind of makes your cheek a little numb <laughs> if you chew it yeah. too much but then you can also get hard-boiled sweets so we just stocked up on hard-boiled sweets that have uh, the cocoa in um so we were just eating them all the time so i just got a headache on that last day but however i know katrina you did the the Lara's trek that goes higher than the and yeah. that's about 4,500, 4,600 meters. Um, yeah. So no wonder you got sick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, man. And, and if you get sick, if you get sick, you're sick. You're done. Like, oh, you, you don't yeah. get to just yeah. jump off the mountain and go home. So the porters yeah. have to take over. So yeah. that's why I think when you talk about these, the G Adventures, um, the, what do you call them? Our hosts or the guides? They are yeah, overly the prepared because they don't, you're their problem really right and they want to make sure that yeah. everybody is safe yeah. and healthy um so uh-huh. katrina what happened to you on the lair's track okay i yeah started out with that like anxious can't get a full breath kind of a thing for the first day out there it is so beautiful so it was kind of a pain in the butt like i kept on like come on body like let's go we gotta get this yeah. done because it's so beautiful and then I had a big cry like in the night because I couldn't get a breath and I couldn't sleep. Mm. And so I got kind of crazy. And it was just me, Angeline, my friend, and one other person in our tour group, like just the three wow. of us with like five staff, which is kind of amazing. And wow. the guy, yeah, it was amazing. And the guy that was with us was like a, a 60-ish year old Swedish man who was teaching English to Spanish school, like to school kids. And he had blown his knee out on one trip before with his wife, like 10 years ago. So he hired a horse just in case something ever happened to him. It's like a hundred bucks to get the horse to come with us. And then if they, if he needed it, he could jump on it. And he actually gave me his horse for um, the pass, right? Cause it's just 4,500 meters. And I couldn't, I couldn't get there. So I sat on the horse for like four hours that day. That was probably uh-huh. the best part of my entire trip I was all by myself and I could stop working you know because I couldn't catch my breath and I rode that horse there was no horses on the Inca Trail that is no it's different yeah so so we don't have the porters that they use for the Lair's Trek is mules so a man walks the mule and the mule holds all your stuff which also oh, kind of felt better because you didn't have to feel so like, sorry, guys, sorry, you're carrying sorry. All my Oh my stuff. God. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so that was kind of cool. And then they had the extra horse for this man that was with us. So then so, um, uh, a guide 
walked me and my horse over the over the Andes over the pass, which okay, was amazing. So and do then, you think that a lot of your sickness can, was because you did go with a cold? Do you think that was maybe um, I don't really know. I think that I think that there was a few things. Like we had a really smoky summer that summer, so I wasn't like yes. getting high here, not like high, you know, going high altitudes um in Banff and stuff because it was too smoky so I don't know if I was as trained as possible but they said you can't really predict like how fit you are of how you're going to react because no, then I, I got like fitness has anything to do with it really you know absolutely yeah, not just yeah. like absolutely. bad yeah. luck for yeah. me because then coming down I didn't ride the horse down because it was fun to like be with everyone but <laughs> yeah. then I got like I got GI sickness on the way down and so that was a bummer literally yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because you're, you have to just like, yeah, be free with your body. I mean, the good thing about only having three people in your tour group is that, like, when you got to go, it's not as big a deal. You can't. Yeah, you don't I, have to get I, I, I yeah. had that for the entire four days. Oh really? Oh <laughs> yeah. man. <laughs> yeah. I, I was like, oh, gaga. Yeah. Because normally, so when you are <laughs> so they feed you a ton of carbs and no meat mm. and not very much meat and not very much raw food because mm. it's harder for your body to process food at these altitudes so a lot of people aren't regular because their body isn't yeah so the fact that both of you guys had the opposite was um that's not normally what would happen unless you did have something funny going on with your you know a gi or something yeah, yeah um, i think it was altitude that did that to my guts but who knows, I guess there's lots of different things out there. The number so one, the number that, one piece of kit, the number one piece of kit though, to pack on any trek, Inca trail or, or <laughs> the Larish trek, <laughs> wipes. I was totally. just baby wipes. <laughs> I was going to yeah. say baby wipes, but I wanted, it to, I wanted it to make it clear. Just wet wipes. Take <laughs> yeah. packs and yeah. packs of wet wipes. Minimum two. Mm-hmm. I could not agree and yeah Uh, I could not agree more for sure that was the number one that's why I I think when people ask me I just think uh wet wipes flashlight like that's all I think I could manage without a flashlight just me I could not have managed so saying that you 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 were very sick and and a few different kind of symptoms going on you know for (laughs) sure you would do it again right yeah hands down yeah yeah, it's not the kind of it's the kind of thing that you don't want to scare people, but yeah. it is the reality of it. And oh, for the most part, I think that when I um when I did mine, I think I was with probably maybe like 15 to 20 people, I can't quite remember. Hmm. I don't think anyone really was sick. One one lady was puking when we got to Cusco and that was it. So for the most part, I think the most common things are headache, shortness of breath, yeah. um maybe a little stomach bug here and there. And yeah, once you get past day two of the Inca Trail on the Dead Woman's Pass, you're just going, mm. you're going down. So that's the hardest part. So Jamie, if you're listening, don't be deterred. You're going to be fine. I know you're going to be overly prepared. And, yeah. and do you agree that most people on the trip that you went on, they were fine, hey? Yeah, and the, and the guides look after you, you know, there were, yeah. there were two or three guides in, in our group and there were only 12 of us, you know, but, the, but you're not obviously just doing it with with those guides and the group. So there was, let's say, two guides and 12 of us. There were then 20 porters and a chef. Um, 
you know, so I think it's important to note that you don't carry all your gear for, for four days, you know, or we didn't anyway. What you do is you carry your day bag, you have just your normal traveling rucksack, and that's got all your day stuff in that you want as part of, well, whilst you're out trekking for the day. Um, and the porters are allowed to carry 20, it sounds really bad, but I guess it's their job, it's yeah. how they make a living. Um, they carry 25 kilograms of your gear. So you get given a duffel bag. This is with G Adventures anyway. You get given a duffel bag. You can say, put some items in here, clothes, um, whatever you don't want in your personal bag. It, it gets weird. It has to get weird. Um, so it can't be more than 25 kilograms. But And the porters carry that for you. But they also carry all the chairs, all the tents, the tent for the dining room, the tent for the kitchen, and there is 20 of them. And the speed that they do that trek is, is incredible. Incredible. In fact, what happens, I'm just telling our listeners what happens usually on a morning is you wake up, you're in your tent, they'll bring <laughs> you a, a, a bowl of warm water, you can splash mm-hmm. your face, get a wash with it, they'll take that away. You then get up, leave your tent, set off trekking with the two guides. Before you know it, there are 20 porters running past you. What they've done. But, but Aunt, you're missing something before oh, you on, have like a, like a huge, beautiful breakfast that they've oh, already. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, they've cooked the breakfast and and because um, they've got chefs to come and bring it to you at your table in a tent that's dedicated to the like for you to eat. You then set off hiking all full with your little day bag. They then sprint past you all 20 porters in what can only be described as clothes that like the homeless would wear. You know, these are these sandals. uh, Yeah. Sandals. Yeah. And they would sprint past you having just packed up the kitchen, the tents, all the, uh, all the people, everybody's tents packed it on their back with your 25 kilogram duffel bags, one each, and they're sprinting past you to the next campsite they get to the campsite so early that they've unpacked everything, put the tents up and got the dinner cooking that when you arrive in the evening, late at night, they all line up and they start just clapping. Clapping? I was like, what is clapping us? We've just spent seven to ten hours walking what you've been in probably four to five hours and you've run it. And you're yeah. us. everybody just starts clapping. <laughs> every every time you enter and they clap and they're smiling and there's and like yeah. they're genuine. They're they not are. like it's not rehearsed. And that's funny. And I think that's what I think about when people say, Was it hard? I think about the porters running up in their sandals, like, no. <laughs> that's the image yeah. that I have. They're well, they're you know, this this is human. you know, I, I mentioned it a moment ago. You know, this is their job. You know, a lot of you you get chatting to the porters, you get to ask, you know, find out about their lives in, in Peru and what they what they're how many times they've done the the trek you know sometimes it's you know you get some young people there and it's their first time of doing it they're so used to the altitude it's really just the running in the hills to them um but what i would mention to people that are planning on going to peru and doing the doing the either trek to to um much picchu that the you know the porters rely on tips you know yes. you, yeah. so 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 factor that in that you know you you will by the end of it want to part with you know a substantial amount of money because they've guided you 
carried all your gear from start to finish in four days. Um, and if at any one time you were to fall sick, um, have an injury and need to get off the mountain, it would be them that would carry you off the mountain. <laughs> Definitely. And, and also with, and I can't stress enough how supportive and smiley they are and they make you mm-hmm. feel so safe and secure. Yeah, like, do. you know, yeah. sometimes when you're in situations and you're like, I'm not liking this vibe at all. Like you feel just like, get me out of here. It's not like that at all. You just, you forget everything because you're just like, okay, these people got my back literally. So yeah, I agree. And I was going to, I put a big note here, tip, like make sure people bring enough money to tip because Mm -hmm. they are um, so well-deserving. Absolutely. Um, So yeah. So we, we loved our trips with G adventures, Katrina, you really liked, you said Waco, Wakey travel. Wakey. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you do the Lair's track, correct me if I'm wrong. And then you, are finished and then you take from your track the one that you did the layers you take the train mm-hmm. up to Machu Picchu correct right so you take the you what you trek from one side of the Andes to the other I can't remember the name of the town that we started in but it had a hot springs that we hung out in then you trek yeah. trek trek we were the only people on the layers trek just so you know like we never wow. saw another white person the entire time wow um so you're just like walking through tiny towns and and like seeing them making their hand, you saw the kids running to school and they're all Quechuan people. So they're like yep. the indigenous people of South America. And they, so they don't speak Spanish, they, which I speak a little bit of Spanish. So I was like learning some Quechua stuff and wakey means friend in Quechuan. And oh. they're really like beautiful people. And it was frozen every morning when I was there and they're there in their sandals, like, and they're, <laughs> black feet and I'm like oh my gosh like do you need some mittens or something the kids are so cute and yeah it was so nice so yeah sorry then we end up in Oleante Oleante Tambo (laughs) that's where we hike into and you went there right you loved it I loved it yes me too oh my god so gorgeous so, so you you ended up from the Lairs track in Oliente Tambo? Yeah, and then you take the train to Aguas Calientes. Oh. And then you take yeah, and then you take the bus at 5 a.m. to Machu Picchu. So we were the first people into Machu Picchu, which was really amazing. Like it's silent. It's just you and a couple alpacas that live there. Oh. And there was like maybe 15 of us or there I don't know how many people all bus holds, maybe. Like a handful okay. of people. It felt like it was just like just us and it was quiet and we watched the sun come up over top of the Andes and then then we saw your people your people come in <laughs> from the sun gate <laughs> they and, think they're uh, so good coming yeah, down because they wipe the yeah because <laughs> they've hiked yeah, here yeah. and we've got the <laughs> yeah. Yes. yeah it was kind of nice it, I feel like <laughs> yeah. I can I can see like the beauty of both of them but ours yes. was amazing yes. because we were there and we could just sit and rest and watch the sun come up and like we had already done like the hike up to the I can't remember what that's called either. Do you remember what those little hikes are that are from the Machu Picchu? No. Um, no. Like in Machu Picchu? What you, oh, yeah, once you're in Machu Picchu, you can hike up both sides of Machu yeah, Picchu like to look down on it. Yeah, the one where we were coming down from was the Sun Gate. Yeah. Okay, so very interesting. I think it's called Machu Picchu Mountain. Is that what we hiked after we did Machu Picchu? Okay, so this is really important. Okay. So you, what you're saying is, is that you did yeah. the Lair's Trek, you mm-hmm. got the hike out of the way, then you got to mm-hmm. go, relax, stay have in a hotel, stay yeah. in a hotel, wake up early, and be mm-hmm. super 
rejuvenated and present mm -hmm. for Machu Picchu. Okay. Mm -hmm. So there's two sides of the coin to this because totally for me, the biggest thing was I want to do the actual real Inca trail. I want to walk into Machu Picchu and I want to be like, I did what they did. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, here's the downfall to that is that you are so <laughs> freaking exhausted from yeah. sleeping in a tent in rain yeah. for three days. You haven't looked in the mirror. You haven't used a proper toilet. You're literally like, Ugh. you have to get up. I think that last morning at two or 3 AM. Yep. to go sit and hope that you can actually see. So the sun gate's incredible, but only if there's not too many clouds because you get right. a really spectacular bird's eye view of Machu Picchu. But if it's too cloudy, you don't. So you wake up extra early that day and then you walk down to Machu Picchu, which it's like, oh my gosh, we're here. But oh, we're here with thousands of other people Ugh. in their yeah. beautifully clean manicure. I could not agree more. Yeah, and I totally was like, at, at that point, I was like, this is going to sound, this sounds awful. I was done. I was like, we already mm -hmm. spent four days on this mountain looking at ruins after ruins after ruins, which were amazing. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. But I was like, Machu Picchu was, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't in the mind frame. It was so hot. And I was like embarrassed because I was like dirty. And I was so excited to go to like a proper washroom. You know what it's like. You're just like, you mm -hmm. feel bad, but you're just kind of tapped. And yeah. so to me, that part of it, which is what I thought I really wanted, I might have really enjoyed your experience more, Katrina, now when you describe it, how you did it. Yeah, I was thinking about you because I was in the bathroom as we were leaving Machu Picchu. We spent like four or five hours there, like from first thing in the morning and then yeah. like looked around, sat, had a coffee, like really relaxed and took it in. Like I cried when the sun came up. It was so beautiful. Yeah. It was like everything I ever wanted. Then we went to the bathroom on our way out and um, this girl had come I, I, with a group and came to the bathroom and her and her sister were there and then they got in this massive fight and they were exhausted you could tell and they were like frustrated because they hadn't been around people for four days and mm -hmm. then you're overwhelmed with all these people that take the bus up and I think they were like annoyed by these bus people because yeah. you're like yeah. you cheated you got you know they yes. were so frustrated yes. and they had to wait in line for a bathroom and they were like so mad and crying and so exhausted you yeah. could just like feel it coming off of them mm -hmm. like this isn't this isn't the end right it's, it's actually the journey that is so beautiful about the Inca Trail and not, and not to be not too much information but I'm gonna be real here like when you're a girl girl things happen to you you know what I mean and you like mm -hmm. you just want to get you're like so excited oh my god I wash my mirror I wash my mirror I can actually clean and it's so, it's like overwhelming. And we got, we sound like babies because there's only four days, but <laughs> you nailed it. You're so, you're like, we deserved it. We did this. Yeah. You don't deserve this. Go away. But yeah. that's how I felt. Aunt, do you agree? Oh, yeah, totally agree. You, you get to, my take on it was, you know, we arrived at, at Machu Picchu and saw this, you know, this, the sun's the sunrise at Sungate. And it was beautiful up there at Sungate because you're there that early. There, there isn't mm -hmm. anybody else there usually. Maybe another group, if that. Um, and then you walk down into Machu Picchu, and ev you know people always say all the pictures that you see online. If you were to Google any of kind of the world uh, UNESCO sites, you, there there's nobody in the pictures. <laughs> you know they are beautiful. They are empty, and. You know, you rock up to, I'm sure people that have been to kind of like the Great Wall of China have experienced the same thing, which is there are lots of tourists that go to these places. Even, <laughs> yeah, if, right. even like, you know, you said, Courtney, at the beginning that 
they limit the number of people that can go into Machu Picchu yeah. or go on these treks daily. Um, but there are still a lot of people in Machu Picchu. And mm-hmm. my take on it was that, like, is, mm, yeah, I've seen it now. I don't really want to walk around it for another four hours. I just want to get on the train and go back um, and, have, and have some... And find out if my family's still alive because <laughs> yeah. they have no communication with the outside world and you feel, is, like, you're like, what happened? Did anything happen in the world? Like, because you don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good point. Yeah, that's a really good point. So whilst we were traveling, you know, if people have picked up on you know, some of our previous episodes, you know, we were traveling for about 15 months and I was working on the business and remote working. Wherever I was going, I had my mobile, um, got a local SIM card, could jump on the Wi-Fi. Surprisingly, Wi-Fi abroad is usually better than what it's in the UK. Um, yeah. But... <laughs> but for four days, I li- well, building up to the trek, I literally had to, it was the first time I've ever put my out of office on. Um, and it just, I knew, so people have to mentally prepare for this, that yeah. you don't have any signal. You are off the grid for four days. So prepare for that. <laughs> Say goodbye to your loved ones. Tell your children that you love them. <laughs> uh, yeah. You are off the grid for four days. Mm-hmm. Thing were to, I don't mean to scare people, but if anything were to happen within those four days, you would not be speaking to anybody. Um, right. And that's so important. And I think yeah. that that was, that was another factoring thing was, I know it's like, it sounds like, oh, just enjoy it. But you're so anxious because you're so close mm-hmm. to finding out, is everyone okay? And yeah. I, it, it, it doesn't sound like it's a long time, but in today's day and age, four hours is a long time to be not be connected. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. So yeah, I absolutely think Machu Picchu was one of the, my highlight travel, uh, travel things I've ever done. Everybody needs to do it. It's the reason why it's almost number one on most people's bucket lists. We, mm-hmm. we had a great time. I was with great people. Um, I love Peru. Peru's so diverse. There's so many different things that you can do. There's something for everyone there. Um, but getting off the mountain was, uh, yeah, it was a little bit, I hate to say underwhelming, but yeah, our experiences were definitely different. So you can see there's yeah. pros and cons to both, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And totally. then what did you guys do? Is there anything else you want to add about Machu Picchu? I don't know. We don't really know what it is. Even if you ask your guides and you ask the locals, they won't really tell you. They don't really want to talk. There about is no, there's no explanation. Yeah, there's no explanation. It's still unknown. There's just like people's interpretations of what happened. People have written books about it and like interpreted what they think it is, but they still like, there was no like guide. Nobody ever left markings or explanations about it. So it's like, like, so cool. If you say, was it aliens? They just kind of laugh and they're like, yeah, they're like, maybe maybe." like we don't (laughs) have any, we don't have any explanation. So if you're expecting Mm -hmm. to find out really what happened, you're not, it's just, it's, it's a mystery. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I love that. (laughs) Courtney, you mentioned it earlier. And I think it's quite interesting to, to bring up again is, you know, all the, all the tricks that actually lead to, well, you know, going the direction of Machu Picchu. But I, re- I remember our guy telling us that they don't all get to Machu Picchu. That was kind of the idea that they've got this kind of safe place. Um, mm. And and there are literally tons of, of, of treks that appear to lead to Machu Picchu. But there were a lot of them were like red herrings or diversions and they don't all actually get to 
where Machu Picchu actually is. And the yeah, room. see, it's, it's so mysterious. Like, what mm, was going on? Very, very. So, and that's why it's for, for a lot of people, it's a very spiritual place. It's a very, it's mm-hmm. a very intense experience. So I, again, I'd love to go back and take it all in with maybe a good breakfast and a fresh shower. And, uh, I think once you've done the, I think once you've done the four days, um, you know, the, the, the real hike, um, (laughs) Katrina, (laughs) uh, when when you've you've done the real hike into Machu Picchu, you're allowed to catch the train when you go the second time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, And also tidbit. (laughs) You don't have to hike out. You're done. You're done. You yeah, just take yeah, the train out. Like, I think it's not four days back. Can, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so then you go down into the little village um, yeah. at the bottom, which Katrina, you said Ag- Aguas Caliente. Is that what you said? Yeah. Yep. And then from there you go, I think we went to, I don't know, Aliante, Tambo. We went through the Sacred Valley. Mm-hmm. We did lots of incredible stops. We went to a woman's weaving um, yeah. kind of place where they help women sell like textiles and stuff to locals so they make money through alpacas fur is it fur or wool and mm-hmm. some pottery places we went to a little village where it's all farm to table so the g adventures is amazing because they like to give back and so they bring you to places yeah. where locals locally ran so that we can give back to the community and mm-hmm. throughout there uh the sacred valley is incredible they eat guinea pig everywhere be prepared for that you have to drink pisco <laughs> sours. Those are some local foods. Pisco and sours, then, I love. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Oh. They're pretty good. You have to have one when you go. But if pisco sours you can are come, on the menu, I always yeah. order pisco sour all the time. You can come yeah, to my I house and have, have one because I. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but that would be, I would say, guinea pig and pisco sour. To me, those are like the two trademark kind of Peruvian staple food things that you will see that will be a bit different than anywhere else. Yes. Um, and then other than that, that was what I did. And then from, from all of that adventure, I did part two and I went into the Amazon, which we're running out of time today. So I don't need to get into my experience going through the Amazon and staying in Eco Lodge, but it was if, highly recommended if you are going to Peru, I absolutely recommend just taking that a few days and adding it on to doing the ink trail and going into the Amazon because I mean, come on, what an experience that was in mm. itself. And you both didn't get to do that, did you? No, we did not. No, I wish. Next yeah, time. Huh? Next time. Next time. For <laughs> sure, for sure. So yeah. Anything else that we should touch on? And I'm wondering, I'm trying to think of questions that Jamie would ask mm. me about. Um, what advice would you give somebody that's going for a solo traveler and going to Peru for your first time? Um, oh, she's going to be fine. She's so lovely. I know. Like all you have to do, like, I don't know. Uh, she's going to be just fine. Just smile and take it one step at a time. Like that journey can be challenging, but every journey is challenging, right? Yeah. Just like yeah. one step, one breath, one step, one breath. Yeah. I think what's the advice or the, the little bit of insight I would give to people is that there's, there's no rush. You know, yeah. every, everybody goes at their own pace. I think at times I will buy myself for hours on that trek just because people go at their own pace and you, you know, the, the, the hikes that you do each day when they say, are oh, you going to walk four kilometers today, eight kilometers today, or how it, it never seemed like a long 
distance but because no, of so the altitude yeah yeah that you, you're stopping every now and then you have breaks you know you need to go to the toilet you might stop and have a snack but then you know and you'll obviously stop and have lunch throughout the day but everybody's just going at their own pace there's a guide at the front a guide at the back and yeah the the group will spread out maybe by a good one or two kilometers at times because you just go in at your own pace and there is no rush to get there. I am. Um, I was actually by myself the entire time. I uh, just another thing with my trip was this was I've done three group travel trips and this one was all couples. There was only me and one other lady that wasn't a mm. couple. So unfortunately like okay everyone was fantastic and they were lovely but when you travel with 10 sets of couples it's a completely different dynamic than a bunch of solo travelers right so i i was by myself um almost the whole time other than did you share a tent with a stranger well not no no i didn't i had my own and but did you pay uh, extra for that no because it was just Ah. tiny it was so small and yeah just i was just by myself the whole time and it was amazing it was incredible i yeah don't feel like you have to stay with the group and everybody's in it together you're gonna you're gonna bond with the people that you're with so closely and yeah when jamie talks about it or anybody that talks about travel the only thing i ever say is exactly what you just said katrina oh you're fine like just (laughs) you you can't really say that until you've gone through it right right enjoy there's nothing to worry about it's gonna be great and we had such great experiences, all three of us. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, another another piece of kit that I just thought of that was important for the trek. And somebody actually gave me me this advice, and that's why I, um, you could actually hire them. Um, who's she going with? Who's she traveling with? Yeah. So you can actually hire um, equipment from G Adventures just for the trek. Yes. Um, yes. So obviously, you get your tent. I did that too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's it's a gr- it's great, and I th- I guess they have to provide that service because people are doing a lot of other traveling. You don't want to have to take a sleeping bag and a roll mat and all your other gear with you. So, mm-hmm. but and you obviously pay extra for that when you're there in 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 Cusco. So prepare to to pay a little bit more when you when you when you actually arrive. And your and your poles as well. You don't have to bring poles. All of no. that you can pay, extra. and it's not expensive. But no, well that well that was the one piece of kit that I would if you didn't get anything, get the poles because going uphill is fine, yeah. but going downhill the poles will help tremendously. Yes, and also pack I'm an emer- one of those like emergency blanket things that are super lightweight and some heat mm. warmer packs because at night and yeah. make sure that you have layers, 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 and maybe some extra snacks, some bug spray, yeah. some sunscreen, Poncho. headlamp. And also polysporin and, um, you know, when you get, what are they called? Blisters on your feet and band-aids. That would be Mm -hmm. what I'd pack as well. And maybe some Advil, but really it's nothing like too crazy with the food. Everybody on our trip overpacked snacks. They feed you so good. Don't worry about it. And for anyone that's going, I highly recommend bringing Uno or Monopoly Go because (laughs) my member aunt, those little games when you're in the tent, when you're in a tent at the end of the day, you, you're not walking around, right? So you're kind of right. just, everybody's just together. So and they cards. don't take up much room either. So yeah, you know, so just, cards just some extra little notes that those are really helpful. And we played that Monopoly game when we were on our trip together and mm. it's, it's really mm. fun, right? So is, yeah. yeah. yeah a poncho is yeah. good as well. You know, getting a large poncho, um, people often say, well, 
I just take waterproofs. But what a poncho is good for is it just goes over everything. You know, you've got your jacket on, you've got your, you know, your fleece on, you've got your backpack on, and you just it starts to rain. You just put your poncho on, and it just goes over the the lot. You know, and it's just so easy um, to get yeah. out on. Um, we we do that again. Yeah. Well, I um, I'm happy that you finally we finally got you on today, Katrina, and we got to talk about our uh, our separate experiences in such an awesome country um, yeah me too do you have I don't I can't remember do you have anything in the books coming up for family vacations or anything fun yeah I got two things are you ready yeah this Saturday is my grandma's hundredth birthday we're <gasps> oh, celebrating wow. yeah yes. happy birthday um, grandma did they do anything does she get a letter from the queen? She does have a letter from the, my mom. You have to order them. But yeah, my mom right. got a letter from the queen, a letter oh, from the prime minister, a letter oh, from wow. the mayor, and a letter from the premier. Oh, that that's is yeah. just the best. That is, that is, the yeah. best. That is lovely. I don't have to worry about grandma finding out because she won't listen to a podcast because it's a surprise. So oh, yeah, <laughs> don't tell yes. her before Saturday. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, me, Neil, and the kids are going to um, – Mexico on the 25th of April for 12 days. Boo, yeah. I can't oh, wait. Oh, I didn't know you booked that. Yeah. Yeah. Super swanky, awesome. all inclusive, just like you like it. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding. That's how I like it. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm, um, I'm going to Vancouver next weekend and then obviously oh, yeah. next week. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. And what do you have coming up this weekend? Um, I have some friends over for dinner, um, on Saturday, just, um, five of us. So hopefully the weather will get a little bit better because it has been cold recently here. Um, it, the weather was teasing us over the kind of past month with some blue skies and you know late teens in the temperature, and then it's just gone really cold. So I don't think it's broken past ten this week so far. Just uh, um, well, we're 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 lucky because it's nice here, and I. Um, um, yeah, I'm going to take advantage of that. Anyways, I got to go because I got one of those caravan realtor tours where, you know, you drive around with a bunch of realtors and go into each other's listings. And oh, that's wow. at 1030 and I have soaking wet hair and no makeup on. And I can go get all, <laughs> you know, like realtor-ish right now. So yeah. thank you so much, Katrina. I will see you very soon. We'll have coffee and we'll go for a walk. And Anthony, yeah, amazing. have a great weekend and we'll talk to you uh, next week. We will awesome. indeed. Thanks, Katrina. Thanks, guys. That's Bye. a wrap. That's a wrap. Bye-bye.